This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Read the same text again. That was in the NRSV that Dorothy just read, and we're going to hear uh, the rendering from Nan Merrill in a moment, and we're going to hear it several times. Uh, Lectio Divina is a traditional monastic practice of scriptural reading intended to promote deeper access to the text, where we allow the Spirit to wash over us to enter into us, to speak to us through the words. Where we're not so much obsessing about context and authorship and all of that, just allowing the words themselves to seep into our bones and marrow. Early in the 12th century, St. Bernard of Clairvaux was instrumental in re-establishing and re-emphasizing the importance of Lectio Divina, or divine reading in the Cistercian order. And uh, Bernard considered this a key, this approach to scripture, a key to nourishing Christian spirituality and vitality. John of the Cross said there were four stages of Lectio Divina. He said, seek in reading and you will find in meditation. Knock in prayer and it will be open to you in contemplation. Reading meditation, prayer, contemplation. And there's various ways to do this, but I'm simply going to read the text through four times with a little pause between each. And so I invite you to get comfortable in your seat and just allow these words as they are read to wash over you. Psalm 34, 11 to 14, as rendered by Nan Merrill. O come and see. Come and hear how we honor the beloved. Many there are who desire life, who yearn for fulfillment, who covet the wisdom of truth. Keep your heart open and free. Make time to dwell in silence. Become a peaceful presence in the world. Come and see. Come and hear how we honor the beloved. Many there are who desire life, who yearn for fulfillment, who covet the wisdom of truth. Keep your heart open and free. Make time to dwell in silence. Become a peaceful presence 
in the world. Oh, come and see, come and hear how we honor the beloved. Many there are who desire life, who yearn for fulfillment, who covet the wisdom of truth. Keep your heart open and free. Make time to dwell in silence. Become a peaceful presence in the world. Oh, come and see, come and hear how we honor the beloved. Many there are who desire life, who yearn for fulfillment, who covet the wisdom of truth. Keep your heart open and free. Make time to dwell in silence. Become a peaceful presence in the world. anything that arose for you in those readings. Anything that stood out or spoke to you in a certain way. Um, I was I was just the first time following along my Bible and I thought it was interesting because this is the, the um, ESV and instead of Come and see how we honor the beloved it says I will teach you the fear of the Lord and I thought um, it's interesting to think about especially in a time where a lot of people 
fear monger. <laughs> like um, that when it talk, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, it's not necessarily how we should approach him with tentativeness, but that we should approach him with respect and humility. Sorry. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is my translation I followed along with the first time says, instead of, I will show you how to honor the beloved, it says, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And I was just thinking, of, especially during this time where people are tending to fear monger a little bit, that um, when the Bible is talking about fear of the Lord, they're talking, it's not talking about tentativeness or um, being afraid, but approaching the Lord with respect and honor. And so how might, when we think of fear and approach fear with more humility and respect, how, how might that be a different way to not only approach the Lord, but approach how we see God in each other as well? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Cindy. Anybody else have something that struck you in the readings? Yeah. I kind of took a more meditative approach and just listened with my eyes closed. And I feel like every, each time you went through it, I focused on something else. But I think the thing that I felt the most deeply was letting your heart be free. And I just, I really like that piece. And I think just listening and considering and kind of letting your thoughts flow as you listen to this, it was just a very cool and meditative practice. Great, thank you. Anybody else? Ooh, it's nice in the shade here. Maybe I'll hang out for a while. <laughs> I was really struck with the repetition of the word come. Because before anything else could happen, I had to come. And so to that, that invitation into everything else. Yeah, so beautiful. That. Thank you. I'm a peaceful presence in yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk later. <laughs> no, thank you, Scott. Yeah, that invitation to, to own uh, what we want to see in the world, in our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you can tell by the front of your bulletin, the part that stood out to me as I was reflecting on the text this week was, was keep your heart open and free. Keep your heart open and free. It felt so invitational to me, and yet so hard. So hard. Right? Especially the times that we're in. Right? How do we keep our hearts open? How do we keep from being jaded and cynical about everything. This pandemic has challenged our ability to keep an open heart toward those who politicize science and refuse to take precautions seriously. We've gone through a challenging election season and the ongoing ins insistence of things like the big lie 
and many other things that simply aren't true has deflated our hope in humanity. You add in earthquakes, wildfires, violence in Afghanistan, and simply the everyday challenges we face in being alive and being human, which are so many. And it feels like our hearts are the opposite of open and free. So how do we maintain a simplicity of spirit, a hopefulness, an openness of heart amidst all these hard realities? Stephen Charleston, in his book, Ladder to the Light, an Indigenous Elder's Meditations on Hope and Courage, has some reflections that are helpful. And thanks to Scott and Judy for gifting this to me a few weeks ago. And he notes, if you've ever traveled among the Native American nations of the Southwest, you're probably familiar with the Kiva. The Kiva is a square or circular underground chamber covered by a roof of wooden beams with an opening in the center. You enter the Kiva the same way you enter a submarine, by descending a ladder. Once inside the packed earth chamber of the Kiva, you are in darkness. And without a fire in the Kiva, the only light comes from above you. To reach it, you have to ascend the ladder. And hence his title of the book, Ladder to the Light. He says the Kiva is sacred space and it serves the same function as a cathedral, as a place of worship. But then he notes there's a difference. He says while a cathedral's soaring arches or a mosque's great domes are designed to point us upward, the Kiva is intended to point us downward. The spiritual focal point is not above us, but below. We are not to look up but down. What we seek is not in the sky, but in the earth. And he says, my purpose here is to lift up the kiva as a metaphor for our contemporary spiritual situation. And in that context, the vision of the kiva is not just for Native Americans, but for all who will receive it. It is a symbol for our shared future. It tells us that if we are in a time of darkness, we might be, could argue in a time of darkness, that we need not be afraid of it because it is only the beginning for us. In other words, we've been down this spiritual road before. The Kiva tells us that we have been through this process of birth and rebirth more than once. As a people, we have entered into darkness before only to emerge into light. And I love that image of, of going down into the earth and seeking what we need with what's right here around us. And sometimes a sp our spirituality can be so otherworldly or heavenly focused that it can take us out of the, the realities that we're in and we might miss some gifts that are present right around us. And so he invites us, that reminds us that even if we're in a time of darkness, it is in darkness 
that new life is formed. It's in darkness that seeds are planted and new life can grow. And of course, the spirituality rooted in the earth can learn from everything that's around us. And when I'm feeling down or overwhelmed, I take solace in our cats. I know this will be harder for those of you who would like to take solace in removing all cats from the face of the earth. You'll have to bear with me here. Our cats are Oliver and Francis, or as the kids call them, Mooch and Pram. You're like, Dad, don't talk about this. We'll talk about our cats. But I love watching our cats and just the simplicity of, of life that they embody. Right? They're either sleeping or eating or curious about something or playing. Right? Eat, sleep, curiosity, play. We have one cat, Oliver, who thinks he's an outdoor cat. I'm kind of becoming more of an outdoor cat because we let him out now and again. And I remember when he would first go outside, he would just like get out into the lawn and just look around with eyes full of wonder and a little bit of terror. Like, what? I've been looking out the window at this for so long and now I'm here. Here's this whole world for me to explore. And just that, you could just see the the enthusiasm slash trepidation in his eyes. Now he thinks he's, he's a hunter. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of small birds and a couple of mice have found that's partially true. <laughs> but cats live in the moment and take joy from each moment of life. They're simply present to the present moment. And there's something beautiful and simple and holy and sacred about that. So how can we learn to be present to the simple things around us? Thomas Merton once met a Zen novice who had just finished his first year of living in a monastery. And Merton asked the novice what he had learned during the course of this year of his novitiate and was expecting to hear encounters with enlightenment, discoveries of the spirit, perhaps even altered states of consciousness. But the novice replied that during his first year in the contemplative life, he had learned simply to open and close doors. That's it. (laughs) He learned simply to open and close doors. The quiet discipline of not acting impetuously of not running around slamming doors, of not hurrying from one place to another. This was where this novice had to begin and perhaps end his process of spiritual growth. I learned to open and close doors. Apparently Burton loved that answer so much that he loved to tell this story. He loved to tell the story and it exemplified for him spirituality at its very best, doing the ordinary while being utterly absorbed in it. And so when it feels like things are overwhelming and the world is stealing our joy, perhaps it is the simple, everyday, and mundane things that need to ground us and provide us with a reminder the joy, simplicity, and beauty of life. 
David White captures this in his well-known poem, Everything is Waiting for You. He says, your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone, as if life were a progressive and cunning crime with no witness to the tiny, hidden transgressions. To feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. Surely even you at times have felt the grand array, the swelling presence in the chorus crowding out your solo voice. You must note the way the soap dish enables you, or the window latch grants you freedom. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. The stairs are your mentor for things to come. The doors have always been there to frighten you and invite you. And the tiny speaker in the phone is your dream ladder to divinity. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for you. Again, the invitation to us this morning, keep your heart open and free. Keep your heart open and free. Mark Nepo, that we heard about in the Words of Integration and Guidance, I love that visual of the catcher's mitt. Starts as a positive thing that then becomes a, a, a very thing that, a metaphor for defending himself against the pain of life. He says, the heart is very much like a miraculous balloon. Its lightness comes from staying full. Meeting the days with our hearts open prevents collapse. This is why 90-year-old widows remain committed to tending small flowers in the spring. This is why 10-year-olds with very little to eat care for stray kittens. This is why painters going blind paint more why composers going deaf write great symphonies. This is why when we think we can't possibly try again, we let out a sigh that goes back through the centuries. And then, despite all our experience, we inhale and try again. Stephen Charleston, who invited us to consider the spiritual image of the kiva, a spirituality rooted in the earth, notes that we are going to need each other more than ever in the days to come. We are going to need each other more than ever. Be tempted to just withdraw from life. But we're going to need each other more than ever. And he paints a scene of feeling alone in the darkness he says, imagine you walked out onto a large field at night where there was no moon. One of those nights where it's so dark you can barely see your hand stretched out in front of you. But standing out in this field, you realize that you are not alone. Standing there silently in the darkness are hundreds of people, each holding an unlit candle. Only you were carrying a candle that was lit. 
a single flame, a single light alone. And he says, how quickly would the field be glowing once you used your candle to light others and they used theirs to do the same? And all the people began sharing their light with those around them. He says, you know over time what the outcome would be. A field aglow in the darkness where people can see each other clearly. Friends, your life matters. Your life matters. You are a source of light. You are perhaps a single candle, but with a heart that is open and free. You and I together can overcome the darkness. Or as the gospel writer put it, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. It may be so. invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.